So what I was saying is that's kind of what the other podcasts do too, is that they like both ATP and I believe back to work. What they do is they start recording, but they don't like officially start, start until sometimes even not until like a half hour in. So like they have that whole pre-show that you can go back and listen to. Okay. Yeah. I gotcha. Um, and the thing is sometimes it's good enough that it ends up being in the show anyway. Yeah. When I listen to ATP, uh, they always have like the segment at the very beginning before it actually starts, and I don't hear it in the show, so I guess that is pre-show stuff or something. Yeah, that, that's exactly what that is. It's pre-show, and it's just like, like eventually you and I are going to get to the point. Like, I mean, this could even be it, where we've pretty much started the show, we just don't even realize it yet, and it ends up being in the in the final thing. Gotcha. You know? Okay. So podcasting is hard. Yeah, pod, podcasting is hard. But that being said, I did get a new mic. I, I really enjoy it. It's a Blue Yeti Blackout. Um, same color as my new iPhone. It sounds great. I need to find a way to make it hook up to my Xbox so I can use this in party chat. Um, but, yeah, it's, now that I have a, a good podcast microphone, I want to find, like, all sorts of reasons to use it, not just, mm-hmm. you know, the podcast. To hook it up to the Xbox, wouldn't you just plug it into the controller? You could. I mean, I well, okay, so the only reason that's not going to work is because it's a mini USB. So you'd have to have some sort of mini oh. USB to 3.5 millimeter. You gotta have dongles. Yeah, dongles. Just go get. Okay, you're gonna get a, a mini to a splitter so that you can have audio or, or headphones. Oh man, that's a lot of dongles coming out of that controller. It, it's a lot of dongles coming out of the controller. I don't so, mind dongles, <laughs> but I mean, well, depends, depends. Because you've not had many discussions about the new MacBooks. Just there's just dongles everywhere. I still have that thing that I showed you at 360, by the way. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, for the listeners, so they know what it is. It's a um, the Apple Apple ships a device that is a USB C, but it has another USB C, an HDMI, and a USB connector on it. And then I have that hooked up to a four port, uh, yeah, four port Amazon Basics USB hub, and I hook all of my stuff up to that boy. And like, I think right now I have like three or four things hooked up to it. It's too many things. It's too the, many things. The Hutu adapters are nice. You can get the what now? The, the Hutu adapters. They have like Ethernet, a couple USB-A, a pass-through power USB-C, um, HDMI sometimes. They're pretty cool. Yeah. I, I'll have to – can you put those in the show notes for the listeners? Because honestly, I don't I don't know exactly what you're talking about. I kind of want to see it. Oh, my goodness. Okay. We haven't started yet. So we're still pre-show. Yeah, Hutu. we're still pre-show. <laughs> okay. Hutu dongles. This will never air. No. No. It'd actually be funny if that part aired. That would be <laughs> – Okay. And uh, also, uh, well, as we as we were talking, uh, somehow Siri got activated. No idea how, but all of a sudden she was like, "Ready." I don't know what I said. Hmm. It's never when I want her to be ready. I'm in the car and I'm like, "Hey, Dingus, call so and so." And she's like, "I'm sorry, but I can't do that right now. Please wait a moment." Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I'm in the. Okay, I have lots of thoughts on Siri too. Oh, I have lots of th- thoughts on so- Siri, blah, 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 Siri and Cortana. Let okay. me tell you something about Cortana. Let's, let's start. Let's, let's give it like a break so we know that this is a start because I feel like good content's about to happen. Okay. Yeah. Good content's about it. All right. Show started. Let's be honest. A good bit of what we just said is probably going to be in the show too. But Cortana, you're in the middle of a very fiery, intense match in Apex Legends, Fortnite, Halo, Call of Duty. I don't care. It's coming down to the T. You're going as hard as you can. It's a sweat fest. And all of a sudden... Screen goes dark. You have a panel that appears on your right side, and Cortana's like, "What can I help you with?" <laughs> <laughs> I 
I didn't know what it was. For one, I didn't say anything close to being related to Cortana. And I figured out that what it is, is I have the microphone, you know, I have the you know, gaming headset and there's a microphone on it. And if you say, hey, Cortana, you know, Cortana will appear. But the thing is, it's activated by things that don't sound anything like, hey, Cortana. And there's no way to turn it off. You know what you just did? You just turned a whole bunch of people's TVs and Windows 10 computers on. Like, they, you can't say that word. Anyway. That's true. But if they're using Windows, I don't know. What, I mean, I honestly don't know why they're listening to the podcast. Oh, Windows is awesome. I mean, it can be. You have but like, like Linux in it now. Okay, so let me clarify what I just said. If you if you use Windows and you listen to the podcast, that's great. Because, yes, Windows is awesome. But I'm very surprised because this is a predominantly Apple podcast, you know, hosted by two iOS developers. So I don't I, I wouldn't think there's many Windows users. But, yes, Windows has some really cool stuff in it now. Like Microsoft is going above and beyond. It's getting cool. It doesn't look bad anymore. Windows 7, I thought, looked awesome. Windows Vista, mm-hmm. eh. Windows 7, I thought, looked cool. Windows 8, not a fan. Windows 10, it's getting me back. It feels like Windows Phone, but on a computer. It's got that Did you have a Windows Phone? No. Really? Want, wanted one, but... Well, I didn't want to use it. Well, okay. There's no apps for it. And, like, they were paying developers to make apps. I had no interest in making apps. That's understandable, but let me let me tell you what I had three Windows phones or three apps? Windows phones. No, three <laughs> Windows phones. I had a what was it? I, it was a Sam, like some Samsung device that ran Windows Phone Seven Series. That's what it was called. And oh. then I had two Nokia phones that both ran Windows Eight, I believe. Okay. And I got the beta version of Windows Ten on there. Okay. Um, absolutely amazing phones. Like you wouldn't think it. The app ecosystem is horrible. You know, it, I mean, it was back then. I mean, obviously, it still is now. Nobody uses Windows phones. But just buttery smooth. Like, really, really good device. Nothing like Android at all. Like, rock solid. Never had any problems. The UI was very uh, intuitive. It was imaginative. Um, it was very different than using iOS or Android, which were just grids of icons. These were, like, living tiles that would just sometimes show you, like, images that you took six months ago you'd have like a really good memory that would just pop up you know and you weren't expecting it um fa- like the facebook tiles would show you like people had commented on one of your posts like an hour ago it would just show it to you without you having to go into that like it was just a very it, it was very much a breath of fresh air coming from you know having used ipod touches for a while or you know cheaper android devices it was just it was just different but it was nice all of your uh, your icons were kind of like widgets they were live. They could do stuff. Man, in the summer of 2000, that's when I first got my my Palm 3XE Palm Pilot. It was awesome. And then the next summer, I got a Windows CE device. It was the HP Jordana 580, I believe. Wow. Um, that one was color, had a start bar, and it ran Windows CE. But I thought that was a computer. And the name was so cool. It was Pocket PC. Like That is just the coolest name. And uh, then, you know, eventually kept using Windows CE devices and finally got an iPhone in 2007. But prior to the iPhone, Windows CE was the best. Um, mm-hmm. It was beating Palm because uh, Palm had Trio. Um, I think Handspring actually forked from Palm originally. Um, and they were doing some cool stuff. But Windows CE had all of the coolest devices. And then iPhone came out and didn't have any of the apps. I mean, the first iPhone didn't even have a to-do list. Um, I was standing in line 
on launch day in 2007 and uh, the lady uh, wait we were waiting in line and uh, one of the AT&T um, employees was standing there showing everybody in line all of the, the features on the phone and I remember looking at the screen and I could not tell where this LCD ended and then the borders of the phone be- began I, I see it now but on that first date I guess the sun was perfect the lighting was perfect but it felt like she it, the app was just floating in her hand and I remember looking at every app and they were all skeuomorphic they all look beautiful and then I was like can you know can you add something to it to do and I was serious. I didn't know. I just assumed it had all of those basic apps and it didn't have it. However, um, I, it had notes. Uh, notes was pretty neat. What do you think? I mean, I remember those days, but I didn't actually get an iOS device until iOS 3. Point, well, it wasn't called iOS. It was called iPhone OS. iPhone OS 3.1.2 was my first version of you know, what is now considered iOS. So at that point we had notes, but we didn't have like to do. So did, did iOS like one, 1.0, did it not have a notes app? It had notes. It uh, did have note, notes. Notes was synchronized with your mail service. So, uh, it was actually like a hidden folder in IMAP. And instead of creating email or something, it, it rendered the notes. So if you actually opened up your email app with you know outlook or something else you might be able to find that folder and modify those notes and they were just emails that's so, that's crazy that's yeah. really crazy it's come a long way yeah there was no there was no icloud then i mean so was was there mobile me at that point was that what it was called yeah there was mobile me yeah uh, i think it was dot mac and this is pre mobile me and dot mac okay we okay, had yeah. nothing i remember the first update um the first several updates you i think we had to pay for them I think it was like $15 for the first update. And one of the one of the first added the ability to create a shortcut from a website on the screen. So we didn't have the app store at this point. We would just have icons that you could add to the home screen. And I remember there were websites that would aggregate all of these web apps. So you would have like a mobile Facebook um, web app and you'd have all these web apps. And you would go to the site and you'd like long press on some of these shortcuts and create icons for your home screen. So... It was uh, it was it was really neat, and then we got into jailbreaking. Jailbreaking changed everything, but uh, yeah, a lot of memories of the first iPhone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe it was Steve Jobs said that web is the future, and they weren't planning on releasing an SDK until like the, the iOS was jailbroken, and the jailbreaking community started making apps. Oh yeah, the jailbreak. They had an app store that I had never seen something like that before, where you open an app and you can install other apps from it. Um, it was just so fluid and everything was free. There wasn't, yeah, it was, it was so good. Um, the apps weren't very good though, but <laughs> it was, the whole concept was really neat. And, uh, it was back in a time where, um, you know, you, you had the really good native apps, but you didn't have any, didn't have multitasking. You didn't have, um, it was only one screen size for everything. Um, and the, man, looking back at that old phone, I, how did I even look at the screen? It was like, it was pre retina. It was so aliased but compared to that palm pilot i mentioned from 2000 it was like a tv it was like an hd tv it was so beautiful so uh, this discussion about windows phone and ios and older versions of ios um is making me think about one thing that we had on windows phone but we didn't have on ios yet Can can you tell me what that was do you remember Windows Phone that you didn't have on iOS? Yes. Like one feature that Windows Phone had that iOS did not. I have no idea. There's one feature at the very end that I wish iOS had, but not in the beginning. I don't know. 
okay, I want to know what that is. But this feature that I'm talking about was copy-paste. Oh. <laughs> we didn't get copy-paste until, like, what, iOS 4? It was a while. It was a good – they did a good job, though. I mean, the first oh, couple versions of Android that had copy-paste or even Windows 8, it never felt very fluid. But the, the copy-paste on, on iOS was awesome. You'd hold your finger down, and then a little magnifying glass would appear above your finger, but it would show you – Wherever your finger was, it would magnify that area. So it was kind of offset, but it allowed you to have some precision. And I remember uh, some of the Android and uh, Windows 8 apps that I was using, the copy-paste was just, it was trying to be directly under the finger, and it was just very hard to use. But uh, the feature I'm talking about for Windows uh, Windows Phone, the very at the very end, they had, I believe it was called Continuum. Oh, yeah, Continuum, yes. I remember this. That is that is it. That's like the Samsung Samsung Dex. And then I think Motorola had one too. They had a phone that was trying to be a, a desktop computer when you plugged it into a, a TV or a monitor and keyboard and mouse. But when you, when you plug it in, it would give you a, a full desktop experience. You could use the mouse. You could use full web apps. You could use full, you know, it, they're mobile apps, but they were, you know, they appeared full screen. You could move them around. But I always have this this dream of being able to just use the phone and then when I get to work, just you know, wirelessly connect it to my devices, or or you know, plug a cable in, and then it is my computer. I, I want the phone to be, you know, the the brains or the motherboard for my entire com- digital computing. You know, I don't know. It's, Your it'll digital just be fun. computing life, yeah. No, yeah. I mean that makes sense. Yeah, I mean when all this stuff with Continuum was coming out, what was also coming out, which I was very interested in at the time, and you and I have talked about like desktop Linux and wanting to, you know what our Linux life was back in the day before we really got into Macs. Um, Ubuntu was working on Ubuntu phone and they had some devices that you could hook up and would give you a full Ubuntu desktop. And then you just, you know, undock them and they become a phone. Um, I, I was so psyched about that. And then nothing ended up happening with Ubuntu phone. I think you could download some builds to put on Android phones, um, but they never really ran very well. They were a little bit slow from what I recall. And, you know, eventually canonical just ended up abandoning it, you know, decided to focus on desktop and server instead of going to the mobile world. It feels like WebOS too. WebOS oh, did was it? going to be awesome. Yeah, did you ever use a WebOS device? I, I never did, no. So Palm tried to, to reboot after the iPhone came out, and they made a new operating system called WebOS. And they released, I guess, the Palm Pixie and the Palm Pre, and then they released a tablet in 2010. It was called the uh, HP Touchpad. And oh, I remember that. Like it was five hundred dollars, and then like three or four months after it launched, they dropped the price to ninety nine dollars. Shut the, you know, just did the supply line, and just you know, it was a huge fire sale. And I remember I got one, and it was it was neat, but it was slow. Uh, they had wireless charging back then. They they had a lot going for it, but it was just really expensive and didn't have the ecosystem. But oh man, that that's crazy. You got one. I didn't. I tried to get one, and it was sold out. So you stole my uh, my touchpad. I'll, I'll mail it to you. Okay, I appreciate that. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but no, I do remember trying to get one. Um, I was like, it's basically an iPad, Mom, but it's 99 yes. bucks. Can I yes. get one? Yes. Um, and I'm thankful I didn't get one. I ended, I ended up saving up and buying an iPad 3 later on. Um, but yeah, I remember being very excited about that. And I believe that WebOS now, I, I think the only devices that actually runs on are TVs, like smart TVs. I believe there are still a few that run WebOS. Um, yeah, that's right. It, yeah. It's so. a shame. I think it's open sourced. Also, I remember um, on that touchpad, I 
We did the equivalent of jailbreaking it, and then I installed an old version of Android. I think it was Android Honeycomb. Interesting. And there was a huge community of, of hackers like building stuff for this terrible tablet, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was a good time. There's uh, always hackers and communities built around cheap hardware, like uh, Touchpad, <laughs> Raspberry Pi, all those good things. Man, Raspberry Pi, that is... Oh, man. I, I want to do so much with the Raspberry Pi, but mm-hmm. I think I figured out that it's just... It's just a tool for specific applications. It's it's not going to be my desktop environment. I tried you know using it as a desktop, but just not powerful enough. But for small little tasks, it's great. What do you think? Oh, I completely agree because um, I was you and I actually went to a Micro Center uh, when I was in Denver for 360 iDev um, and went and got a Raspberry or a Raspberry Pi four four gigabytes of RAM, you know, quad core processor. I was like, I'm going to use this as a desktop, like as a web development machine. It's not being used as a web development machine, mainly because I need to get like a fan on it. And even mm. then, it's just so slow. Like, um, I, I'm also, you know, you know, we both do iOS development, but I also do uh, a decent amount of JavaScript development as well. And so I'm, you know, trying to do an npm install, you know, install all my dependencies and packages and whatnot. And it it just overheats and CPU starts to throttle it, and it's just too slow. And um, doesn't have Spotify. I really like to be able to listen to Spotify on the computer that I'm doing development with. However, I did install a really cool little uh, application that lets me listen to Spotify but use my phone as an interface. So I can start playing a song on my phone and then go to connect. Like um, there's a there's a section in Spotify where you can like choose what device you want to essentially cast the song to or podcast to. And sure. I made it so that the Pi was one of, one of those devices that I could just send a song to and it'll just start playing in the background. So you're what? So you, you're playing, you, you have Spotify on your phone. Yes. And you have you're basically like the equivalent of air playing it to your Raspberry Pi. Correct. Yes. You have headphones or speaker plugged into the Raspberry Pi and that's how you're listening to the music. Correct. Yep, that's how you do it. Why you can also? Why wouldn't you just use your phone and just listen to it through your phone? Um, I I've thought about doing that, but I it, for me that just feels really weird because then I can't hear like when the system is beeping at me or if if something something errors out. You know, I just like to hear the UI sounds as well. I like to kind of hear everything. Okay. Um, I don't know. I've always kind of been that way. The same thing. Like if when I was using Linux, like yeah, I could have used like my iPod touch to listen to music because you know, music is very important. I want to be able to listen to it, but no, I, I always want to make sure that the sound drivers worked so that I could get music through the computer that I was working on. I don't know why it was just something that I did. Um, uh, yeah, that's just, that's just kind of, kind of it. <laughs> I don't know. It's like you're, you're, you're doing achievements in some game or something. You want to be a completionist. I got to get all of the drivers that gotta fingerprint driver working. is not working. I, I can't stop until the fingerprint driver works. It's like who who cares, you know? <laughs> exactly. Now the the reason why that's inside of Spotify though is because you can also use like a, a game system or a HomePod. Uh, maybe maybe not HomePod, but like the Chromecast, and you can just send music to those mm. devices so that they can start playing. the The library is called Spotify, and I'll go ahead and put a link in the show notes for uh, the listeners if they're interested. Excellent. I uh, had a couple of things I want to talk to you about while I got you on the on the air. On the air. Um, yeah. So last week we were talking about the iPhone 11 and the iPhone 11 Pro. And then you were, well, you, you were on the fence. You wanted the 11 and then I talked you into the Pro and then you did something over the weekend. Then you? I did something. Yeah. So I ended up getting the iPhone 11. 
Um, I was convinced I was going to go with the Pro. Ended up going with the 11 for a few reasons. For one, I got a chance to look at them side by side, and I cannot tell the difference with the screen, honestly. Um, I know some people can. Um, I know, especially if you're like watching movies and you want to have you know true, true blacks, um, the OLED's always going to be better. Um, and if you want to be taking pictures of you know vast landscapes, I, I know that the Pro will be better. Um, for me, it was it was more of a couple things. For one, I wanted to get off of Android because I had been on Android for only a couple months. Um, and not knocking Android. Android's great if you want to have more customization and whatnot. I, I, I don't. I'm an iOS developer. I want to be able to develop apps on you know and be able to deploy them to my own phone so I can try using them throughout the day. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'm just used to the to how well apps feel in iOS period. And we talked a little bit about this last week, but I got a chance to mess around again with like overcast, um, dieting apps, like life. um, you know, Spotify, Instagram, just all of these apps feel at home in iOS. They don't feel like they feel so good that Apple themselves could have made them. Whereas when you're using Android, just the operating system in general, and then you switch over to Instagram or even Spotify, they, they feel like they were definitely developed for this platform. It doesn't feel like Google made them. It doesn't have the same kind of care that they have on iOS, just straight up. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. They just, just applications just are not as stable. My wife is having problems with her Google Pixel 3a where, you know, things seem to be fine. And then she's on the phone and you, maybe she's on the phone for a half hour. And then all of a sudden the call drops. No Ooh. reason, no reason why whatsoever. We have perfectly fine, you know, cellular service. The people she's talking to have perfectly fine cellular system service. It just all of a sudden the call drops, calls them back five minutes later, call drops, you know, interesting. Listening, listening to music, Spotify crashes. She can barely use Instagram. Oh, um, really? Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty bad. Um, whereas I have, I have no problems on iOS, <laughs> not to up- mention, what's that? Did you upgrade to Android 10? Is that what's causing all this? I, I did upgrade. Well, I don't know if she upgraded to Android 10. That's a very good question. I know I upgraded the day it came out. Um, dark mode also does not look as good on Android 10 as it does on iOS. I wonder if Android 10, and I haven't used it yet. I, you know, I, I, I might have been on a beta. I wonder if they had any problems like iOS 13 did. Like, I'm just thinking about the, the extra, I don't know, the iOS 13 was a roller coaster of a beta. Um, did you guys have any any weird experiences there at your office? Yeah, it's still whirlwind uh, at our office with iOS 13. So, and my coworker uses an Android device. I think he uses a Pixel 2 XL. And so, coming back to you know, it has Android had the same problems that iOS has had with 13. They did have a lot of problems with their beta for sure. Um, there was one day that he upgraded to I think it was beta of android 10 and it completely hosed his device and he had to, to reset it and start Ooh, over that's um, the worst yeah it was it was pretty rough and the thing is he, he wasn't the only person to have that problem and then they ended up having that same problem with the final release Ooh. i got i got lucky and mine like worked the same try the guy who sits two de- uh, two desks down from me had to restore his phone because it corrupted the operating system um Ooh. so we thankfully don't have that problem on ios um, we are dealing with this issue where if you have a UI text view inside of a UI scroll view, and just f- 
for for listeners who are not software developers, a scroll view is exactly what it sounds like. It is a view that you can scroll down on. Um, and then if you have a text view, which is just like any sort of paragraph, if you will, if you have a link inside of that paragraph, inside of iOS 13.1, if you try and scroll and you put your finger over the link, you start scrolling, it treats that as, oh, you tapped that link. Now, normally this wouldn't be that big of a deal, but if you work in the application that I work on, which is very text heavy, very article heavy, has a lot of links, it can become almost not impossible to scroll down because as soon as you put your finger down on a link, it tries to open it and it tries to open it multiple times. Um, and that's a bug that was introduced in iOS 13.1, uh, was not in 13.0, interestingly enough. Um, hoping that that gets fixed soon because it's definitely uh, halting our release schedule. So that's kind of that's kind of where we are with iOS 13 right now. It's been rough. It's been very rough. We're running into weird stuff, and I don't know if it's a, an Apple bug or it's a feature. Like, do they change it, and this is the way that they want it to work now? And the the hacks that we were trying to do hacks is the wrong word. We we would take something, and we would try to adjust it to make it look better or function exactly like we would want it, and it starts to break now on just pieces all over the app. And I'm not sure if it's deliberate on Apple's side. They're just trying to, you know, clean it up. Or is it a mistake? So, you know, time to release the new update. And we make all these fixes. You know, are these temporary fixes? Or do I have to go back and undo what I just fixed? Um, because, you know, it was a bug on Apple's side. I, it just feels really messy. I, I don't know. Um, I just It's b- b- just a bunch of extra work for me. Yeah, that most definitely. Most definitely. So we have inside of our list of things to talk about. We wanted to talk about iPhone cases yes. and the different ways that we can protect our phone, different styles. I mean, everybody kind of has their own thing, but we kind of wanted to give our recommendations um, or thoughts around, you know, do you use a case? Should you use a case? Have you ever not had a case and you dropped <laughs> it and you cracked your screen? Oh, man. Um, so I want to hand it to you and see what, what are your thoughts on, on cases? Like, what do you like? And tell me some interesting stories. Oh my goodness. Okay. Recently, um, I, I was in this bumper phase. Like I got the, the 10s uh, last year and I wanted it to be as, as sleek as possible. So I got this small little bumper that is a rhino shield. It's really durable, but it just fits around the edge and the front and back glasses. It's exposed and it, it's all good. If it's my pocket, great. My phone always looks super clean. The front and back is, is it feels great. It, it, it looks slim on a table. It just doesn't feel like one of those giant otter box tanks that you'll carry around. And so I, I have the, the phone in my pocket. I'm working in the backyard. I'm doing some repairs and stuff. And I, I am unscrewing something. And I take like, I don't know, four or five uh, two-inch long screws and put them in my right pocket. So I never put my phone in the right pocket. I always put my phone in the left pocket. So uh, a couple screws in the, right, in the right pocket. My phone's in the left. It's all good. And then I, I get a phone call or something. I pull the phone out and I answer it. And then I, you know, I, I sit it down on a on a table or something in the backyard. And I unscrew some more stuff and put those other screws in my left pocket because there's no phone in the left pocket. And the screws were different for there for different parts of the, the thing I was fixing. And so I want to keep them separate. And then, uh, uh, I don't know, phone rings or I get a text or something. I grab the phone and look at it. Oh yeah. Answer it. And then I slide it in my left pocket. There's four, there's four or five screws in there. It's, it's okay though. We're, we're all good. Um, then I decide I need to go to Home Depot, so I go get in the car, and I, you know, have the phones in the left pocket rubbing against those screws, and 
I finally get home at the end of the day and I pull my phone out and there's just this nasty scratch. There's a bunch of them. These nasty scratches all across the screen. Fortunately, it's a couple months before the new phone. So this is a justification to buy a new phone. Um, unfortunately, like, oh man, it was, it was a dumb mistake. So I go online. I'm trying to figure out what's the best way to fix this. And I don't want to spend, you know, $329 or 300 something dollars to, to buy an entirely new screen for a mistake. And it's just, it's just, it's just a tiny scratch. So I, I find this, um, this product and it's some type of buffing, the iPhone screen buffing compound. It's like some diamond powder and then some other, I don't know. There, there's two Pete, there's two parts to it. So I, I buff the screen uh, really, really good. And then I put this other stuff in there and I let it dry and it, let it set. And then I buff it all out and it removed a lot of the scratches. It was really nice. It also completely removed my oleophobic cover or a coating. So now my, my phone just is just a fingerprint magnet. And every time I touch it, it's just totally covered. And so I, I found another product that can help me get the oleophobic coating back. So I, I'm doing all this stuff to the phone and it's, uh, now it's a mess. It's got scratches. <laughs> it's got fingerprints. It's got a bunch of coatings on it. So yeah, should I, should I just have started with a screen protector? I don't know. I've always been against them because it always feels bad. Like it, it feels spongy or sticky, but my wife has been getting these glass screen protectors and she's gone through like four or five of them because she keeps cracking them. So that's bad. But the original screen's not damaged. So I don't know. I'm, I'm torn on the screen protector side. Um, but as far as like the case, man, I, I, I've had every single case you can have. I've had the wallet cases. I've gone naked. I've gone bumpers. I've gone the cheap $10 TPU rubbery plastic ones from Amazon. I've gone, you know, the really expensive ones. I've gone name brand. I've, I've tried everything. And what I'm currently using is the book book wallet case with a removable, um, removable inner case for the phone. So I can slide the phone out of the wallet and then put it in my charger, put it in my pocket, or I could put it in with the wallet. And I, I like having the wallet in it all together because I don't want to have m multiple things in different pockets. Everything is always in my left pocket for the phone and then right pocket for keys. And so, and then my little watch pocket for the AirPods, but on the, the left pocket, um, I want to have the wallet in there too. So this, this helps fix that, but I'm still not happy with it. It, it doesn't look as sleek. It, it takes away the beauty from the phone. I don't know. Like, should you have this beautiful device and then cover it up and then wait two years and then switch to the next phone. And then you finally take the case off and you think, Oh, that's awesome. But for those two years, it was ugly. Or do you just live with it and you have a cracked phone for two years because you, you, you enjoyed it. I don't know. What do you think? So here's the thing. I have two stories that I can, I can tell you. Um, and then I'll tell you like what I use. Um, cause right now, like this, this iPhone 11 is brand new. I, I just got it yesterday. So I'm waiting for my case to come in. Um, but I used to on every iPhone that I've ever owned, I think, ex I believe except for my iPhone three GS, I had otter boxes for the sole reason that I loved the way that my screen looks. I love the way the device looks. The last thing that I want to happen is that I even just get a scratch on it. Like I want this thing to be pristine when I'm, when I'm done using it after a couple years and I want to sell it, I want the thing to look brand new if possible. So 
I always get these otter boxes and I knew what, what was so much fun about them is being a kid, you know, if I was like jumping on the trampoline or something like that, you know, I'm, I'm, when I say a kid, you know, I was like in my late teens or whatever, I could, I could throw my phone across my room. I could throw my phone across the yard if I wanted to. And I had peace of mind knowing that my phone was completely protected. It was fine. Um, I wore my otter boxes up until I, I believe up until I met you, Shane, and when that happened, like when you and I first met, I was still wearing the Otter Box, and then I realized all you guys were most most of y'all didn't have covers or like cases on your phones, except for like maybe smaller ones. Uh, and I remember um, I took I took my Otter Box off, and it was great. I loved going the naked phone life. It was I, like my phones felt so much smaller. I realized I was missing out on the beauty of this screen and the, just the beauty of this hardware for like every device that I had beforehand because it felt so good in my hand. And I loved it until, until I ended up dropping it in a stormy, on a stormy day. My wife was dropping me off at the grocery store and it slipped out of my hand, fell on wet concrete and it wasn't too, too bad. You know, I just had a few, you know, scratches and a few cracks on the edges, but it kind of ruined it for me. It was just like, I, I hate carrying around a device that looks so banged up. It's just like when you know that it's supposed to be, you know, a piece of beauty and it looks that bad. I was just like, dang, I, 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 I hate it. You know, um, I, I would not, not hate it so much. That's very strong. It was just more like, I, it was just a feeling of disappointment because I wanted it to look so much better than it did. Um, so when I ended up getting this pixel three, a, I ended up getting a spike in case. And they're about $10, $12 on Amazon. And they don't take away from the beauty of the device as much as something like an OtterBox does. It won't give you the same amount of protection, but it still gives you, you know, enough protection if you drop it. It's not, it's going to keep the back from getting damaged and it still looks decent. And I'll put the one that I got in the show notes. And I find that overall, they still look good. They still look good and they offer enough protection. It's kind of a 50-50 for me. You know, if I drop it face down and it falls on a rock, it's still going to get scratched. That's also why I went with the iPhone upgrade program. So if something like that happens, I have Apple Care, so I can just go to Apple, pay 30 bucks, and get a, a new screen. So, so that's kind of how I have my bases covered there. But that said, when my wife had an iPhone 7 Plus... She and I went to a state fair and we had, we went, have you ever been on one of the, uh, the rides where like you sit and it, it, it's kind of hard to describe. You basically, it holds like four or five people and you sit on it. It's almost like an elevator. It takes you all the way to the top really slow and then it just drops you. Have you ever been on one of those? No. Um, okay. Side note, we just went on a, um, Ferris wheel up in the mountains here in Colorado the other day and I am no longer a thrill seeker. I wussed out so much. Um, I was totally scared and, uh, yeah, but I know what you're talking about, but I will not ride them anymore. I completely understand that because there are a lot of rides I've gotten to the point where it's like, you know what? Nah, I'm good. I'm not doing this anymore. Um, but my, my wife is still, my, my wife, Jenny, she's still very much a thrill seeker. So she loved right. Taking that ride went up to the very top. She was trying to take a picture. Didn't expect it to drop when it did. And the phone slipped out of her hands as we fell, fell down. She had a fairly good case on. Um, but when we picked it up, the screen protector that she had was absolutely shattered, shattered to a million pieces. The screen itself though was protected. Screen looked fine. The iPhone itself was kind of twisted. And 
the front and back actually were popped out. Like I could see the phone's internals, but I was able to just pop it back in. And the phone to this day, I'll have to put a picture of it in the show notes, is still twisted. Like you can see it. If you put it on a flat surface, it's not all laying down. <laughs> uh, but still works perfectly, and she had no problems. No problems with it. No hardware problem, no software problems. She t- popped off the screen protector, put another one on, and it still, it still works perfectly today. Which phone is this? iPhone 7 Plus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, Man. for these phones, yeah, like, they're they're very pretty, and it really sucks when they, you know, they end up cracked or whatnot, but they, they can take the beating. They really can take a beating. I, oh, man. So, I go back and forth. Like, I've been watching these YouTube videos lately of all of these uh, Galaxy Fold phones and, you know, the torture that people put them in just to, to test them on YouTube and, like, uh, jerry-rig everything. They took the Galaxy Fold phone, which is this 18 or $1,900 phone that can fold in half. It's this new Samsung phone. And he opens it up. He, he unfolds it. He pours a bunch of sand and rocks on there, just a little bit, but he pours some on there. Then he closes the phone and then he like shakes it out and then uh, uses a, a dust blower to, to clean off the phone. And now when he opens and closes the phone, you just hear all this crunching of all of these, these rocks and stuff in these gears. Oh no. And it's a, I just can't, what are we doing to ourselves? We, we went from having this this flip this flip razor phone that was indestructible with a tiny one inch screen to now we're carrying around slabs of glass in our pockets and then you know we're just living our life but they get all broken and torn up and stuff but the, the worst problem is they're a thousand dollars each. Um, wh- what are Easily. we doing? What are Easily, we- like, yeah, it's it's the price of a computer and you're taking it in your hand and it like has to endure every day just you know bumps like all the time. And the materials aren't changing. Like we're still using the same stuff we've been using for 20 years. It's glass, aluminum, stainless steel, and plastic. Like what, why do we, oh man, it, I don't even know. I, I, I go back and forth. Like, should I care that my screen looks really nice? My phone looks really nice. Who am I trying to impress? Or should I just use it? It's, it's not like no one's seen a phone before. Everyone in the world, well, a lot of people, <laughs> several phones are out there in the circulation, but why do I care? Like, what what is it about that Apple phone that I want it to be shiny? Like, why do I want the new one? What, what do you struggle with this, or are you just gonna wear a case? Um, I struggle with it to a degree. I don't think to the extent. Um, I'm I'm just gonna be wearing the Spigen case. Uh, it's it's just ten twelve bucks, and I feel like it still looks fine. Um. But that being said, I had, it was a toss-up between two cases. One was like the more rugged Spigen case, and then yeah. the other one was the not rugged Spigen case. The rugged one looked terrible, I thought. It just looked ugly. And it's, I, I guess it's more, I don't really care what other people think when they see my phone. I just care about what I think when I see it. And if I look at my phone every, like every day or like I put it face down, I'm like, that is an ugly case. Like I, it just doesn't appeal to me. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't spark joy. <laughs> it just it doesn't spark joy. <laughs> All comes back to that. So yeah, so it doesn't spark joy, and the same thing just with the iPhone itself. Like that's why I don't want it to get scratched. Like that's why yeah. I want it to be protected. And that's even though yeah, it's gonna endure, endure everyday bumps and scratches and whatnot. I want to keep that to a minimum. Why? Because a nice looking iPhone sparks joy within me. Okay, that's one of the reasons why I got into iOS development. Okay, because like, the UI does it for me. It's it's the whole mm-hmm. ecosystem. 
tell me about this payment plan thing that you're on. Oh, the iPhone upgrade program. Um, so the way that it works is there are a few ways that you can buy iPhones. You can buy it outright, and I could have bought like my, my iPhone 11 for, I think, 750 bucks. You can go with the Apple, uh, the iPhone payment plan, which is you pay 27, 28 bucks a month. And over the next two years, you own the phone. Um, and then you have the iPhone upgrade program, which is the one that I'm on. I pay 37 bucks a month and I get Apple care. So if I damage the phone, if I, if I scratch, if I scratch the screen or if I crack it, I give them 30 bucks, they replace the screen. If I damage the back of the phone, I pay them a hundred bucks. I believe they just give me a new iPhone. The back costs more than this. Anyway, the, keep going. Yeah, I think mostly because of camera hardware. Um, and then at, after a year passes, if I make 12 payments on it I, and the f- phone is still in good condition, I can bring it to Apple and trade it in for the new model, which is the primary reason why I wanted to do this. Okay. Because I, I don't like carrying the same phone for two years. I get bored. I want to have the new and shiny. Okay. So You're leasing your phone now. I'm essentially, yes, I'm leasing a phone. Now, let's say that the price is even. You're spending the same amount. The only thing that you're losing now are access to those old devices. And as an iPhone developer, those are very valuable to be able to go back and use those old devices to test things, make sure that you know it works as expected. But I'm, I'm finding something out, TJ. My family members are all buying phones as well. So yes. when new generations come out, I just ask them for their phones. And they don't tend to upgrade every year like I want to. So I've been thinking about switching to some type of model like that, some type of little leasing plan, always keeping the latest, greatest. And then when family members get their phone, you know, I buy it or, you know, acquire it from them. And then it helps me build my little collection of test devices. And the whole time I'm using the nice and shiny and I don't feel guilty because I just dropped $1,500 on a phone. Correct. Yeah, that makes sense. And the thing is, like, my uh, my parents and my sisters right now have iPhone XRs. Uh-huh. And so I know that they don't really care about the iPhone 11. They're right. not going to care about the iPhone 12. They'll probably have these devices for three years. And by that time, when it's all said and done, mm. I kind of doubt they're going to want to trade in the phones. Yeah. Or they'll even be accepted anymore. Right. So I'll just I'll just buy one of them from them for probably like one, 200 bucks, whatever it's worth at yeah. that point. And I'm amassing a collection of older devices. Yeah. I think the need for old devices is uh, is waning for sure. Yeah, definitely. Just, just because the simulator has gotten so much better compared to what it used to be, you can do the majority of the testing that you need to do in with pretty much every device and with pretty much every use case inside of the simulator. Uh, the only you know situations where you really do need to have actual hardware, I would say, is game development and you know anything relating to the camera. You yeah. really have to have an actual device for. Yeah, camera, location, and you can s- simulate walking around using the computer, but it's not the same. And for the listeners, the simulator is a program that you run on your Mac, and it, it's a little iPhone on the screen or iPad, but you're able to go from a drop-down menu and pick any phone, any version that you want. So if I wanted to test an iOS 11 um, iPad Air 2, I could just go check a couple boxes, and then I can run my app that I'm working on on the computer in that environment. The only downside is you you don't have the touch screen, so you have to use your mouse. And again, like you don't have access to the camera and location is slower, but you're able to do a lot. And that's come a long ways. Uh, m- many years ago, um, the, the physical device might function a little bit different than the simulator, but lately, um, I've been, I guess the last two or three years, I haven't really needed 
those test devices that I keep, you know, thinking that I need and I need to hoard in my, you know, some box in my office. I haven't really needed them. So I'm wondering, you know, are we to that point now where I can get on this upgrade program and not worry about having these extra devices? I mean, I would think so. I mean, it really depends on what you're comfortable with, though, at the end of the day. Okay. Because I yeah. think, again, yeah, like the simulator is pretty pretty dang good now. Yep. And fast. And, yeah. Okay. I think you're selling me on this because I want a new phone, and I just need to be able to convince Megan. Megan, as a listener, this is this is a, a tax write-off. Is that Can we do that yet? <laughs> can we tax write I guess you have to make money to tax write-off. I think you technically have to have start a business, and since we're not an LLC yet, like we haven't we haven't officially started making blocks LLC, then yeah. you know what we did what's do that though. Happens? You can just write it. What's that? We made makingblocks.fm. We did. You can now visit makingblocks.fm, and it'll take you to our new website. We are uh, listing all the all the previous episodes. We're listing the show notes. Uh, we're getting it all all figured out. This podcasting stuff. This is hard. I'll tell you what, it's hard. <laughs> as we say every week, podcasting is hard. It's it's definitely a uh, it's definitely a trip. We're learning a lot as we go, but it's definitely valuable. And I would say that the production quality is going up exponentially with every episode. Yeah, we we, we get a new microphone or some toy every episode. Yep, always have good stuff to talk about. Now, speaking of spending money, I was uh, I was at a restaurant yesterday, and I was trying to use my credit card, and it got denied. And I was like, what? So I. Uh, I go home. I, I, I used a different card or something. But I go home and my wife tries to use the same card and it's also denied. So I'm thinking, what the heck? So I call up uh, the bank and I get on this uh, this automated call and it's getting weird now. Like I called and they they sent a push notification to the app on my phone and then in from within the app I had to hit yes. So it was like a two factor. And then the phone, uh, the phone tree robot thing would continue. It was really awkward because it kept messing up. So we're we're getting to this this weird point of of you know trying to authenticate and prevent fraud, and it's it's getting frustrating. Regardless, um, I, I get a hold of them, and they tell me, um, you know, they mailed me a new card two weeks ago, and there was a a compromise on one of the merchants that had access to my my card number. So um, okay, I go out and. I look at the mail that I should have been looking at daily, but it, it tends to pile up. I find the credit card in there, so I have my new card in hand. Everything's good. And then I realize the number's different, and that three-digit code's different. So I have to spend, I don't know, an hour or two looking through all of the different online services that I use that have my credit card on file. And it is embarrassing. I have so... It's in so many places. Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and Facebook. And, maybe not Facebook and Google and just all of these places, you know, utility companies and Verizon and just my, my credit card numbers all over the place. It, the benefit is it gives you a chance to go through and purge, you know, which accounts do you no longer need or subscriptions can you shut off? But man, that it's some work. So I'm, I'm going through this and I figured out this, this rhythm. I have one password and I have iCloud password, um, you know, this synchronized keychain stuff. So, uh, I don't have to type in my passwords for all of the services. It remembers a lot of them securely. But man, TJ, like when you have an issue with your card, like do you do you struggle with this too? Like having all of these things and all these, all of these different places that you have to update? Yes, mostly with the services that don't have an online payment gateway though. Ooh. Yeah. So my energy company 
that's always, you know, a pain to deal with. Um, trying to think of what else. Cause most, most things at this point go through PayPal. Like my, my Netflix yeah. was going through PayPal. Hulu yeah. was going through PayPal. Um, I would say some like stuff like Amazon because Amazon doesn't go through PayPal. That's mm-hmm. something that I always have to manually update. Yep. Um, when my card number updates, I have to go into my Apple ID and update it there. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes with like my paying rent, like I have to go back and I have to update that. So that's why I love stuff like PayPal, and that's yeah. also why I love Apple Pay. Is if I can keep the amount of places where I have to update my card number to an absolute minimum, yeah. I'm going to try and do that because yeah. I really don't want to spend a lot of time going back and trying to figure out, okay, who needs this new number? Um, yeah, like if I can make it go through pay- PayPal, I will try and make it go through PayPal for sure because I also get like the peace of mind knowing that it's like I have PayPal security on my side and I also have PayPal logs. So mm, yeah. I don't have to dig through my bank statement, which is way messier because when you add in, oh, went to the gas station to get a candy bar, went to McDonald's. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I don't care about that. I want to yeah. care about an online transaction that happened. I can generally go to PayPal and find it way faster than going through my bank statement. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you. And then the new Apple credit card that came out, and I want it. Why do I want it? I guess titanium? I don't it's know. titanium. Um, it looks cool, but the negatives are you can only view your stuff through the app. I, I don't believe there's a web interface yet. So you, you're, if you want to see your, your history, you have to use the app and I don't know. It just, it, it doesn't feel like it's finished yet. I feel like they really need to have a web interface because what if you are in a situation where you don't have your iOS device or yeah. You're yeah. someone who switches to Android and you still have that, but you have to pay it off and you didn't, you had no way of finding out and you still had a balance on it and then you get yep. sent to collections. That would really suck. Yep. So they need to have some sort of web interface. <laughs> you're out of the country and you're trying to buy plane tickets to come home and you lose your phone. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I got to figure this out. Or someone steals your phone. Oh, that's true. You know, also steals your card. You know, let's say someone got, uh, you know, someone's purse was stolen. Sure. They have no way to be able to pay that. Man. Yeah, uh, it's troublesome. Like this, I'm relying on two-factor a lot for a lot of my services, but it all goes to the phone. And so that's like one point of failure. Um, it, 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 it does help me in the moment, but if I lose my phone, I'm in trouble. I've been trying to split them between the phone and then a cellular iPad so that if I lost one, I could use the other. But there's still stuff that will just go to the phone, especially like text message based um, codes that you get from your bank or, or Google or something. But uh, yeah, I, I don't have a good solution yet. No, there really isn't one. I'm, I'm hoping that Apple Pay continues to, to go the direction it's going. Um, thankful for PayPal. I, I want everything to go through PayPal. If I can make it go through PayPal, yeah. I will. Yeah, I was <laughs> looking through PayPal. It was it was nice. I Microsoft was there. Okay, uh, TJ. Yeah. Earlier in this this podcast, we were talking about that first iPhone and how it it didn't have a to do list, but it had notes. And uh, I've been thinking about that. Like, what do you use for all of your notes? That is a uh, that is a good question. I'll be honest with you. I try and keep my note taking to an absolute minimum. So it depends on what I'm doing, though. So when it comes to grocery lists, it's so primitive, man. The way that we do things is incredibly primitive. Jenny tells me, 
hey, I need you. we did this today. She was like, I need grapes. Because remember, she's she's pregnant. Like, Sprout's coming. <laughs> so there's a lot of cravings for random stuff. <laughs> so she told me today that she needed turkey meat. She needed grapes. She needed white grape juice. And she needed water. Okay. So I was like, I'm not going to remember all of that. So I'm just going to text you those things uh-huh. so I uh-huh. can remember those. And if you need anything else, text me that too. Uh-huh. And so she ended up just texting me five things. Well, I texted her those four things. She texted me like one other. And I just went to the grocery store and I picked those things out and I was good. We have tried to use Google Keep before and sometimes it does work. Um, I like how Google Keep has the list structure as well as notes. Um, I have used notes on iOS before. And generally, if I'm going to keep notes for, say, a reference number, I'm on the phone with energy yeah. company paying a bill i'm just making something up and they give me sure. a reference number i'll put it inside of the notes app on ios and then totally forget what it is and i'll uh-huh. just open up the notes app and i have all these random numbers and i have no idea what it is yes yep. you know so i have a cluttered notes account on icloud and then when it comes to personal projects i usually keep them in just a straight text file like okay. i have a text file right now for called project name to do and it has just a list of the things, and as I'm done with them, I just cross them out. And so I usually end up with, let's see, I've got one, two, I have I have like two or three just like lists in text fi- uh, text format on my desktop, and that's yeah. kind of how I take notes. Yeah, I've been using Google Keep lately. Um, I've tried to use others, but man, this is a deep a deep topic for me. I have a lot of thoughts, so. Um, let me write them down in Google Keep and then get back with you because, like, there's a lot of power here and there's a, a lot of things that are missing. So I've been thinking about creating my own app, but, man, TJ, there's – it's 2019 and I still don't have a good solution for this. No, I mean, that makes sense. I think that we could – next week we can definitely talk more about – you know what Google Keep is, how we use it, what we've tried before, and why they didn't work, and what would what would the ideal solution look like? Yeah. Because obviously, I haven't found it. If I'm still saving text files to my desktop, like yeah. I haven't found like the great note taking app, um, and it's it seems like such a simple problem to solve, but it's so difficult because no one's gotten it right, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you, man. I feel that. All right, All man. Right, man. Uh, i will talk with you soon man i'll talk to you later man take care have a good week yeah good night